Isn't it wonderful that we have another chance, another opportunity to praise him? God has given us that opportunity because there's some people that cannot even praise him. It's some people that cannot even stand to give him glory. So this is our opportunity when we come together to uplift the name of Jesus. We never know what could come our way. And while we have breath in our body, we should be giving him a hallelujah. We should be glorifying him. We should be uplifting him. I have learned in my life that before I even knew about praise, because sometimes we get so into us what we want, which is called selfishness, that we don't even think about his goodness. We don't think about his mercy. We don't think about his loving kindness. We just think about what we're going through at the moment. Have you ever been like that? You're going through something that's so uh, horrible or something that's so dramatic that you're just thinking about why am I going through this instead of thinking about what he has already done. Have you been there? Because you look at everybody else and you say, everybody else is going on. Nobody know how much pain I'm in. Nobody know what I'm going through. Nobody would want to go what I'm go to go through what I'm going through. But what you don't know is that person has overcome through him, through Jesus Christ. They may have been where you are, but they knew how to come out of that place of where you are. So that's why when we come together, we need to be praising him. We need to be thanking him and glorifying him and worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Because if it was not for him, none of us would be in this room today. And this is why I love the fellowship. I love coming together. I look forward to Sundays, to Tuesdays, where I can be amongst the saints because we should be on one accord and we should be after the same thing. And when we fill a room, his glory just overshadows us. And this is what the Lord is telling me. The more people come into his presence, the more of his glory overshadow us I'm telling you something God just want to let his train y'all just fill this temple and when you have more people on one accord I mean that's when that train just come in and engulf but when you have people that's so looking up to themselves and ain't thinking about him I mean you can feel where they are and this is why the ones that don't have the strength to lift them up If you're beside them, you should be glorifying him because that praise is going to radiate. It's going to go over there where they're at, where that depression is, and it's going to lift them up from depression and oppression. And you're not trying to do it. It's just what's on the inside of you is coming on the outside of you, and you ain't waiting on nobody to sing because you're saying, if it wasn't for you, Lord, I wouldn't even be here this morning. Have you thought about that? You didn't wake yourself up. God touched you. He woke you up this morning because God said, it's still something that I want to do in your life that's not yet done. You still, Tyson, have not fulfilled everything that I want you to fulfill here on this earth. So don't think that you can just get out of it. I'm just here to tell you that God has so much that he want to do in us and through us, we should be jumping for joy, saying, God, I'm still here on this earth. I'm still here to fulfill your will, not my will, but let your will be done. Even in the midst of what I'm going through, God, you got me here for a reason. So I'm going to praise you while I still can. Have you ever thought about you here for a reason? 
And the more you focus on him, the more that you will see him lifted up and the more that you will see yourself decrease. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for giving us another opportunity to lift you up, to praise you, to glorify you. Because, God, it's not about us. It's all about you. So we humbly submit ourselves to you on today. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for being our helper. We thank you for being our teacher. We thank you for leading us, guiding us into all truth. We thank you for releasing the power of God as the word of God go forth today. God, I thank you in advance for people being healed, delivered, and set free in this house on today. God, I thank you for your manifested presence. God, even amongst your people, God, I thank you, Father God, for using me as your vessel, God. In Jesus' name. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And God, you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in this place on today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Open your Bibles with me today to the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And let's see what the Spirit of the living God has to say unto the church on today. Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to begin at verse 9. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 9, and we want our hearts to be open and receptive to hear what God is saying unto us, to his people. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, beginning at verse 9, and I'm reading out the King James Version. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He take away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are all sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stand daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expect until his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. I want to talk about on this morning, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I'm going to tell you something. God is doing something in this house. Because if you go back over the messages that have come through this house, you should be excited for Jesus. Today I want you to know that we are forgiven. We are forgiven. When you look at being um, forgiven, it's not holding wrong against anyone. Being forgiven means you're not holding wrong against anyone. It's not held, you're not held accountable no more for that act. Isn't that awesome? When we look at forgiven, we're not holding anything against anyone. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. God is doing something in this place. And if we open up our hearts unto him, we will begin to understand what Jesus done for us. And if we understand what he done for us, we will do the same for others. Let me say it again. 
When we open our hearts unto him and understand what he done for us, we won't have a problem doing the same thing for others. So when we look at this, when we go back to verse 9, it says, he said, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. What we got to understand, this is talking about Jesus. And we know Jesus, the will that Jesus was coming to do, he was coming to fulfill what we could not fulfill. And that was the old covenant. That was the law. They were up under laws. They were up under rules. They were up under regulations, meaning that they could not break one law. If they broke one, they broke them all. So Jesus said, I have come to fulfill that. He was the only one that could fulfill it. Why? Because he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God through him. We couldn't do it on ourselves, by ourselves. So Jesus had to fulfill what we could not fulfill. Meaning that he said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I come to fulfill the law. Now, the only way that we can walk up under the new covenant is the old had to be fulfilled through Jesus Christ. So this is what he's saying, that he come to do the will of God. Let me stop right there. How many of us in this room on a daily basis say, God, I come to do your will today. God, wherever I am, God, whoever I stand before, I want your will to be done in this day. This is why the Bible tells us give us this day what our daily bread we come to do what he want us to do our life y'all is no longer our own and that's what we have to realize we're his temple so Jesus was ready to lay down his life for us the people that was not worthy for his life to be laid down for why because we were so full of sin but because he had no sin he was that perfect sacrifice and this is what he's saying I have to fulfill the first in order for y'all to walk in the new covenant it had to come through Jesus Christ it could not come through us we just need to stop and think about that one man did what nobody in this room could do one man we know it was one man Adam who sinned who brought sin into this world through his disobedience, but it was one man who laid down his life who made us righteous before God. It took that one man, which was Jesus Christ. Why am I saying this over and over and over again? Because some of us are so full of self. We're so full of pride that we're thinking that it's something we still got to do to get God to do something he's already done. See, this is why we're having a problem getting delivered, getting healed, getting set free this is why we're having a problem prospering because we're still trying to do something that's already been done look at your neighbor say it's already done say it's already done we need to lose that and we need to let it go whatever we're holding we need to know that God has already fulfilled it through one man and that one man is Jesus Christ he has come to do the will of the father why because we could not do it so it goes on to say in the next verse he says by which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all do y'all get that through Jesus Christ laying down his life for us we are sanctified set apart made holy once and for all there is no other any other thing that we have to do to be sanctified except to for what he has done so jesus did it once and for all guess what he ain't doing no do-over 
Y'all know how we may go get our nails done. Women, women can, well, I use men too. I'll start with the men. You may go get a haircut, and you know that haircut is not right, and then I messed it up. Ain't no do-over. Ain't nothing you can do to change what I wanted before. Right, Brother Willie? Now you saying I can fix it. You can't fix that. You messed me up. But Jesus fixed it once and for all. He don't have to go back and try to do it all over again. It was perfect when he done it. So we were sanctified, set apart, made holy forever. Toya, we don't have to do nothing but accept what he's done. So me being sanctified don't come through me. It has come through a perfect sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ. This is the verse I want you to grab hold to, which is the next verse when it said what the priests were doing. It said that Jesus done it once and for all. And every priest stand daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never Take away sin. Let me go there. Do you know this is what we do? Those priests every day continually had to offer sacrifices for their sins. And it still didn't do away with sin. But Jesus did it one time. And it took every sin. Past, present, and future. I want y'all to hear me. Those priests that were standing every day. Daily with those sacrifices, killing those sacrifices, checking to make sure it was a perfect sacrifice. Every day sin had to be atoned for. It was covered, but it was not done away with. They had to stand doing this daily. This is what we do, y'all. This is what we do. Every day we're coming before the Lord trying to be picture perfect. We're trying to do something to fix what we know we should not have done. Do I have a witness? We Every day we mess up. There's not a person in this room that ain't messed up, not one little bit. And I'm going to get there because some of us think, I don't mess up. I don't even curse. I don't even chew tobacco. I'm just holy. You holy in your spirit, folk. But your soul is toe up from the floor up and it ain't going to be saved until Jesus come. Y'all didn't know that? Now, I'm not giving you a license to sin, but I just want to tell you the truth because some of y'all right now cannot live this abundant life because you're still trying to fix yourself. And Jesus already fixed you in your spirit. But what we got to work on is this soul, the mind, the will, and the emotion. So every day we're just like the priest trying to come up with something to get it right before God. Come on, whom am I talking to? Every day you're trying to fix something that you think you can fix and And you yet ain't fixed it because you ain't believing in what's already done. But then the Bible says that Jesus, once he offered his body once and for all, guess what, apostle? He sat down. See, the priests were standing continually on a day. They couldn't sit down. Because they had to continually offer those sacrifices. But it was one man who offered his body once and for all and he took a seat. He sat down on the right hand of the father. He didn't have to get up and do it no more. He said, it's already done. So they need to live out what all. Y'all don't hear me. I'm just excited. I'm going to get deep with it. 
Daquan, you hear me? You don't have to try to do nothing no more because Jesus is sitting down by the Father at his right hand. That means if he's sitting there and you accepted him, you sitting right there with him. That means that you above every principality, every power, every spirit of wickedness in high places. You are sitting by the Father and they got to bow down to you. Oh, look what Jesus done. So for those in this house today that's still standing trying to offer something to get it right you know the lie you told you still asking God oh I know why I'm sick I keep lying so let me see what I can do to stop lying let me wash my mouth out with soap that's what my mom and daddy told me so I keep putting soap in my mouth and that'll stop me from doing what I've done. I'm here to tell you, he already done it. So this is where I'm going. So this one man offered one sacrifice once and for all, for all of our sins. The Bible says in that same chapter that he forgave us our sins and iniquities, and it says he remembered them no more. Guess what? God got amnesia. Shirley can come to him all she wants. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. And he's like, that ain't my son. I already done forget. What are, you, what are you talking about? The Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, what has he done for us? He has removed our transgressions. Oh my God. Let me talk to y'all about what the real deal is so y'all understand. See, there were sin, there were transgressions, and there were iniquities. Separate stuff. Y'all understand? I'm going to break it down for you that lets you understand what actually was done through one man. See, sin means that there's a target right at that door that says that exit sign there and I got a bow and arrow and I'm gonna hit that exit sign that's the bullseye right in the middle is the bullseye but then I have to hit the target so I'm shooting the arrow and I miss the whole thing I don't even shoot the target I miss it sin mean that you miss the mark that mean that your unrighteousness no matter what you do can't save you that's what sin mean it means that we missed the mark. That means all of us have fallen short from the glory of God. Everybody in this room have fallen short. We have missed the mark. But then let's talk about transgressions. What happens with transgressions? That means that there are laws. There are rules that we have to follow, and we know those laws. Just like when you see a stop sign, what does that mean? No, it don't. It means go through that stop sign. That means you're a transgressor. That means that in order for you to obey the law, you have to have laws. And transgressors, they break the law because without the law, there would be no sin. So you wouldn't have to transgress. But see, the more we know what to do and we don't do it, we become a transgressor. So it's not like you don't know. Let's just stop right there. How many times, Toya, have somebody told you to be quiet? And you know they tell you to be quiet, but you keep running your mouth. Girl, you dead. How many times, Deacon Newton, have somebody told you quit telling half truth and tell all the truth? Because you know they ain't the truth. You dead. 
know what to do, but you choose not to do it. You are a trans. Oh, thank God for Jesus. How many of us keep doing what we know not to do? The Bible said when you know what is truth and you don't do what is truth, it is sin. When you know what's right and you choose not to do what's right, that's sin. Thank you for Jesus because all of us be dead. I want y'all to understand where we're coming from. When God gave commands, he wanted you to keep those commands, meaning that you could not break not a one. Meaning that if you kept the first five and you missed the sixth one, you broke all of them. So that's a transgressor. He know what the law is saying, but he rebels and he continually do what he know that he should not be doing. Come on, all of us in this room be dead. Thank God for Jesus. Because let me give you an example. I'm going to go to iniquity and then I'm going to break it on down. Let's look at iniquity. When we get to iniquity, that means that we're not only a transgressor, we haven't only missed the mark, but a person that's in iniquity keep repeating the same sin over and over and over again and not repenting of what they're doing that's wrong because that's just a part of them. That's iniquity. That means you're repeating it over and over and over again. I'll give you an example. I always go here. Fornicate. You know that God say, do not fornicate, right? But your flesh is remembering how good it was yesteryears. So you go back and fornicate again. And you know that it's wrong. And then you remember what happened last night. So you're going to take it on until the next night. You keep fornicating. You keep fornicating. You keep fornicating. That's iniquity. Because you know what the command says. But you repeatedly do it over. And- Won't we be dead? You say, shoot me now. Shoot me now. Because this is what it is. I'll give you an example. Iniquities are passed down from generation to generation. I'll give you an example. We look at Abraham and when God, uh, when he went to see Abimelech, y'all remember this? And he told Sarah, he said, say that you're my sister. He didn't want Abimelech to know that she was his wife. He told half truth. She was his half sister. Is that not right? So here come Isaac. Oh, Isaac, he had Rebecca. And he said, I want you to tell Abimelech that you're my sister. He told a red out, flat out lie. It wasn't no half in it. See how it went from generation? a generation by the time it got to Jacob Jacob was a pure down deceiver it passed through the generations so some of us wonder oh my goodness it's just coming through my generation y'all know how sometimes we tell half truth don't tell the whole truth you know how when you get on the witness stand do you swear to tell the truth nothing but the truth so help you God people don't care about God no more ain't no fear They'll look right at the person and tell half truth. I'm going to tell you a little bit, but I ain't telling you all. I'm just going to tell you enough, but I ain't going to tell you everything. I'll give you an example. Y'all know how some of us, when somebody want to get some money from you, you say, I ain't got it. You just lied. You dead. I want y'all to understand where we're coming from. We tell half truth. We bend it a little bit, don't we? We try to make it seem like it's true, but we know it's a lie, and we know we told a lie. You be dead. So what am I saying to you on this morning, on today? 
Jesus forgave all that because he know that you're going to mess up. He forgave you a past, present, and future sins. He dismissed all of that stuff because he know that we could not keep his commands perfectly. That's why Jesus laid down his life for us because he said, I'm going to cover you now. I'm going to cover you in the middle and I'm going to cover you for the future because you can't cover yourself. You're going to mess up somewhere down the road. Ain't nobody in this building have not messed up. Quit acting like you super saved. You only save in your spirit. That's the part of you that will never mess up but your soul mess up every day every minute and every hour you even have thoughts in your mind that you ain't even speaking out that you think people don't even hear you he done forgave you for the nasty thoughts you done had he done forgiven you for murder even in your mind even for premeditated murder even for you wanting to even get rid of yourself he already prepared for that he forgave you Look at yourself. Say, self, you are forgiven. Say, so what are you holding against yourself? Now, this is the key. If I know, Daquan, that God has forgiven me, do that give me a right to keep doing what I'm doing? Did that give me a right to say, because I have a grace card, that I can sin? That I can still do what I'm... Y'all, some people act like they don't know. I'm going to help you out today. You know what you're doing. Ain't nobody in this room crazy. You know when you got a grudge against somebody. You know when you got that grudge. And then you look them dead in the face and you're smiling with all 32. And act like you love them to death. But God said, I already know your heart. I already know how you feel about the person. As a matter of fact, if you are saved, you're going to get an unction from the Holy Ghost. Letting you know what you're doing ain't right. It's coming through the spirit. It's hitting your middle man. And it's saying, check yourself. Self. Oh my goodness. Y'all, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is doing something. He's trying to let people know you still stand and trying to work something out that's already been worked out. God has already done it for you. And if you know what God has already done, you wouldn't be working so hard to try to fix something that's already fixed. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift. Of God. That means grace has already provided everything that you need. When He was giving me this, I am forgiven. We got so many people that are so beat up because of what they said two years ago or what they done 20 years ago. And I'm going to tell you why the enemy is holding that. The enemy is using that because he know in him. In Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. There is no guilt. There is no wrong. So I got something to tell you today. If you're still feeling guilty, if you're still feeling wrong, then you're under law. You ain't walking under grace, what grace have done. You can't go back and fix what you done done. Why are you trying to fix it? And the thing, the way we try to fix it, we try to lie our way out of it. Come on, let's just be honest. Well, I did what I did because 
You still trying to fix it instead of doing what you know is right. I was wrong for what I done. Repent mean I had a change of mind. I had a change of heart. What I done was wrong and ain't no justifying what I done. Yes, I tore up your marriage. And I was wrong for tearing it up. So forgive me. And guess what, y'all? This is the cooker here. Guess what? I want to talk about marriages right quick. See, in a marriage, we talk about for better, for worse, for richer or poor, in sickness and in health. Does that mean anything? Why do we get in front of a, a preacher and repeat what the preacher is saying? Let me stop. Thank you, I hear you, Holy Ghost. The funny part is, we letting a preacher marry us that ain't even faithful in his own house. And he's telling you to repeat something that he or she ain't even doing in their house. And the wife is sitting there and saying, I wouldn't let him marry me. She mad. Come on, y'all. We're just going to be honest. See, this, this is what happens. So we repeat these things for better, for worse. Baby, I'm going to love you for better, for worse. I'm going to love you. Rich. Better come. We all right. Worse come. We toe up. Sickness come. Oh, no, I can't be waiting on you. You better go to your mama house. You know, poor come. No, you say you were going to take care of me. We change like the weather, don't we? And we say. Look at your neighbor and say, I think they already know. We change. But see, these are things that we do because our he motions and she motions feel good at the time. We don't know what's ahead of us, do we? So that is why we have to go into the word of God to be kept because things are going to come in a marriage. They're going to come. They're going to hit you hard and you got to know how to handle it with the word. And I got news for, I don't know why God got me going here, but sometime in marriage, there's people unfaithful. You may not be unfaithful physically, but you may be unfaithful in your mind. You're looking at pornography. You got books hidden everywhere. You're trying to do little acts or get the wife to do the acts that you want her to do to satisfy. And you're safe. Wouldn't it be something if, if we had to atone for all that? We'd be dead with the magazine open. Be caught red in that magazine open. Whoop, that is, okay. See, what we got to understand, God already saw that. He saw what you were doing even before you were going to do it. That's why Jesus had to forgive you for it. So see, if, if we're in those areas, we're already forgiven. But how do we let go of something that we're so used to? Oh, I'm going to help you with that. So see, in marriages, it's a covenant. It ain't no more two, it's one. That means when men, when you take that woman, you love that woman as Christ loved the church. And women, I advise you, if they don't know Christ, they never know Christ, they cannot love you. Leave them in mama's house. Now, I'm just being frankly honest. If a man can't love himself, how in the world is he going to love you? If a man ain't found out his true identity in Christ, how is he going to protect you? See, this is why you need counsel. You need counsel. And when you do get counsel, you're going to know what to do when things become shaky in that marriage. 
See, it looks good when you're walking down the aisle when everybody got their eyes on you, brides. But when you get into that man's house, change do come. The wedding dress is off. The honeymoon is over. Now he wants somebody to be in that kitchen like his mama. Now he's comparing you with his mama. And you know what I say? You ain't married your mama. You married me. Mama over there. You over here. If you want some biscuits like your mama, go to your mama house. This is the way I make my biscuits. It's a true story. That man laughed at my biscuits. I thought he was laughing at uh, Sanford and Son. He in there laughing at my biscuits. And I'm doing the best I can to make him some biscuits. And I wasn't trying to do it like mama either. I was doing it my way. He just hurt my little feelings. I don't believe he got no more homemade biscuits. He got them out of a can. See, God had to deal with me with them biscuits. I ain't ashamed of my game. Why ain't I ashamed? Because I know who I am now that I'm in Christ. I don't have to please him with no biscuit. If I please God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, that's what we got to understand. We need to quit trying to please these men. And men quit trying to please these women. If you got Jesse in the house, Jesse can get out of the house. Through Jesus Christ. Men act like they so scared of these women. They bow down to these women more than they bow down to their mom and daddy. <laughs> What's up? Look at your neighbor. Say, you still forgiven. Don't worry about it. Say, God done forgave you. Don't worry about it. Y'all, come on, come on. Let's just be honest. Men, if your wife ain't right, you ain't right. Come on, let's just be honest. If that wife look at you the wrong way, you just feel like, oh, hell broke loose in your house. The devil's right there. Come on, y'all. Let's just be honest. Men, you know how, you know how it is, don't you? She ain't right. I ain't right. Even if the kids don't make me right, he still ain't right because he know I got to go back in the house with Say, thank God for Jesus. We ain't shame of our game. How can I stand here behind the pulpit? Because I know what I've been through, and I don't want nobody to go through what he's been through, what I've been through. So thank God that I've been forgiven. Because if I didn't know I've been forgiven, I will still be, please forgive me for what I've done with you. Please forgive me. I won't do it no more. So what am I saying to you today? You have already been forgiven. Quit trying to work for something that you already have. If you go to a person, this is the key, y'all. So we look at, we've been reconciled. In a marriage, there's two, but there's one. Because we're one, what? In Christ. There's one flesh in marriage. So when we're married to him, he is our first love, Jesus himself. So what am I saying today? Before you go into a marriage, before you go into anything with anybody, you need to make sure that you're locked in with him first and foremost. Because if you get locked in with him, you won't get locked out with nobody else. It don't matter if they lock you outside. It don't matter if they turn their back on you. You will still show the love of God because you know who you are now that you're in Christ. You know that he has forgiven you and you can forgive them even in their worst state. Look at your neighbor and say, who you with? So we're looking at, I have been forgiven. And then the Lord began to show me, y'all, even in this forgiveness. Y'all know in the Bible, Peter was asking Jesus, he said, how many times do I forgive? Seven times in one day? 
He said, no, seven times what? Whoo, do y'all know how many times in a day? Jennifer, but why did Jesus say that? You know why he said that? He said, because you don't stop forgiving. You keep on forgiving. Y'all know what we do. I don't forgave you one time. Now that right there, that took the case. Don't ask me to forgive you again. You better go check yourself before you come back up and you ask me for forgiveness. Once a dog, always a dog. You just got more fleas this time. Come on, Christian folks. You laid down that time, I forgave you for that time. Now you got back up and you laid down again, you bringing too many fleas in this house. So it is my job or any woman's job to say, you know what, I am free from you. But even if you're free from them, you still got to, oh my goodness, you still got to forgive them. Y'all know skeletons come out the closet. Can I tell you something? You can't hide an affair because somebody going to be telling how good that man is because that man making promises to them women that they can't keep because they know they got to go back home to their wife and they know that they're giving too much up at home so they ain't going to go. Why is the Lord here for some reason? See, this is the thing. Single women, don't be deceived by a married man. Let me renew your mind on this. If that man is married and messing with you, don't mess with him. Because that tell you what he's going to do to you. If he messed around on his wife, don't you know he's going to mess around on you? It's going to be good to him for a moment, but he's going to go ahead and prowl again because he got perverseness. He got a spirit of perverseness and he ain't never satisfied. He's supposed to be saved, but he don't remember that Jesus dealt with the generations dealing with that perverse spirit. Jesus killed it when he died on the cross. So don't even use no more people that it runs through my bloodline. You got a new bloodline. And if you renew your mind when this stuff pop up, you don't have to accept what pop up. Just because your mama, your daddy, and your grandmama say they're crazy, that don't mean you crazy. You have the mind of Christ. Jesus done away with all that foolishness. So when stuff come up in your house, you say, oh, I'm not up in here. I've been redeemed. The price has been paid. This thing, this curse is not coming up in here. Because I have a new bloodline. See, that's what the devil want. He want us to accept, you know, we go back through our history. And we say, oh, predators was in the family. Maybe that's why I'm peeping through uh, door locks and they say predators now wonder why they didn't tell me I had a predator in the family I wonder why they didn't tell me that I should have been a girl instead of a boy oh cause my uncle was like so I can accept it now cause it go through the fact the devil is a lie See, that's why your mind got to be renewed of who you are now that you're in Christ so you don't accept these things that the enemy wants you to accept. And some of us are holding on to things because we're saying this is who I am. This is how I'm supposed to be. No, now that you're in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Some of us are fighting with things that we should not have to be fighting with because when you know who you are in Christ, you know that's the devil trying to keep you in bondage, trying to make you feel guilty and wrong and say, well, that's why I'm doing, okay, yeah, your family done it, but who are you? 
Who do you belong to? Yes, my daddy, he messed around on my mama. And I'm his son, so of course I'm going to have many women. I'm going to have a lot. The devil is a lie. Just because daddy did it, my daddy don't do that. I'm from a new bloodline. See, we can, through the help of the Holy Spirit, stop doing what we do. I'll give you an example. Y'all remember old David? David knew the commands. He knew not to commit adultery, but he saw Bathsheba, and he had to have her. Not only did he have her, she got pregnant. Y'all know he killed her husband, so it went to iniquity. He done repeated stuff. He repeated those sins. That's the iniquity. But guess what happened with David? God will send you somebody if you're repeating your mess, and he will tell you what's going on with you when you don't want to face it. He sent that prophet, that prophet gave uh, David a parable. And David said, who is this man? He said, you the man. And David realized, I didn't sin against nobody but God. So that's when he began to repent. He began to have a change of heart. I'm here to tell you, anybody that's doing something that they don't supposed to be doing and they are not recognizing what they're doing, that means you fell from grace. You don't went reprobate. Because if you keep doing it and doing it and doing it and you thinking it's okay, it is not okay. So that means that you have not acknowledged the blood. You willfully sinning. And Jesus even took care of all of that. But if you keep doing it and you saying it's okay, check out your salvation. Because the day that you really accept Jesus, y'all, it's going to be a struggle between the flesh and the spirit. But the spirit always wins. Yes, he does. Because when you truly accept Christ, when stuff begin to creep in your house, you don't belong. Get out of here. That's not who I am. I am a new creation in Christ. I don't do that no more. You have to remind yourself of who you are. Now, I'm going somewhere with this right here. When we talk about how Christ has forgiven us, look at your neighbor and say, I am forgiven. Said, don't matter what it looked like, doesn't matter what it appeared to be, I am forgiven. Not from the forgiveness that comes through me, but comes through Jesus Christ. Oh, y'all, y'all forgiven, y'all forgiven. The struggle is over. Ain't that what we talked about last week? The struggle is over because we're struggling with many things that we don't have to struggle with. So we look at this. If I know that I am forgiven, And someone hurt me. This is why you have to know these things. Because what we do is, we say, I I recognize that I'm forgiven. God don't hold that against me because of his son. Do we recognize that? Come on, let's be real. Do we truly recognize that Jesus paid the price for all of our sins? He has forgiven all of our sins. Remember, we talked about sin, transgression, and iniquities. All of that we have been forgiven for because he knows we're going to mess up in the future right so if we know all of this and someone hurt us i mean they dearly hurt us can i ask you a question if you know that and if you know that you know why are you still holding on to that hurt why haven't you let go of that hurt i'm gonna tell you why haven't you let go of it because you ain't realize what he done for you the more you realize what he done for you you're gonna let go you're gonna forgive them you're not gonna hold that 
against them. And if you're holding that against them, the enemy is excited. Why? Because the enemy got a hold on you. This is how the enemy get a hold on you when you don't let stuff go. I don't forgave you once, ain't forgiven you twice. Just leave me alone. Forgiving a person means I do forgive you. But right now at this point, God is still working with me. And I still got to have my mind renewed. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're not in this Bible, getting your mind renewed, I can tell you I forgive you all day long. But eventually, might be the next day, I'm going back to the same thing that you've done to me the day before. Why? Because my mind ain't renewed yet. I'm not going into this word of life. See, the spirit is forgiving. But that soul is where that hurt is. That's where your emotions are. That's where that person have really scarred you at. They can't touch your spirit because the spirit in you is a forgiver because God forgave you. But when you latch hold to the real you, no matter what somebody do to you, they forgiven even before they done it. Because all of us in this room have done something to hurt somebody in some kind of way. How can I say in some kind of way? It may not have been fornication, may not have been adultery, but it could have been a little lie. Because you would believe, you'd be like, they didn't tell me that. Well, why did they tell you that and didn't tell me that? Would that be a reason for me to hold a grudge? Because they told somebody something differently from me. Let me tell you how we get caught up in that. They've been knowing me longer than you. So why would they tell you that and not tell me that? And instead of you going to the person, you going to everybody else and you throwing the person under the bus and you saying, can you believe? Yeah, girl, y'all been knowing each other a long time. I can't believe that they didn't share that with you. I even knew that girl. Oh, it's, it's getting deep now. It's getting, wait a minute. You knew this? I didn't know this. What's up with that? How long you say that? Oh, girl, that was last. Who? You just finding out, girl, that was last month? Yeah. It's on now. Don't ask me nothing. Don't ask me to borrow nothing else. Don't even put foot in my house. Because you know you was wrong. And you supposed to be saving. You up there teaching and you up there saying hallelujah, glory be to God. You are so hurt. That everything, I didn't like you no way. I just hung with you because you ain't had no friends. Now I just dismissed this one. Never was and never will be. You see how everything popping out now? Why does things pop out when you hurt? Somebody can answer that if you like. It's already there. The enemy knew he had a hold on you. Y'all know how we do. We get up and say, God is my present help in the time of trouble. Even when I'm alone, uh, Daquan, uh, he's there. Uh, I'm not alone because he said he'll never leave me, uh, nor shall he forsake me. I ain't by myself, baby. I know God is with me. How do I know? Because he was with me last night. It don't matter what people do to me, Tanya. I'm going to make it. Do you hear me, girl? I'm going to still live. Uh, I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And then Jennifer say something to me. What happened to my testimony? What happened to what I was saying? See, the enemy know he got something on you. 
That's why you got to deal with these things before they deal with you. Because if one person hurts you and you ain't dealt with that hurt, another person hurts you, you got hurt on top of hurt. And then when you, it's time for you to really forgive, you say, I'm not doing it. Because why I have to be the one always forgiven? Why am I the one always hurt? See, there's a stronghold there. There's a fortress. And the enemy got so much hold on you that you cannot live an abundant life. Y'all, we got some stuff going on in the house. We cannot live an abundant life in Christ. We're still trying to fix it. We're still trying to make it work. And pride won't allow us to go to that person and say, look, I just have to let you know this. And I'm going to go somewhere. In the Bible, it tells us we cannot even bring a gift to the altar if we have something against someone. We have to go back and reconcile before we can even come to the altar. Let me tell you what's going on. God already forgave us, but by us holding this, it's blocking us from getting what God has already provided. That's all. God ain't going to take nothing back from you, but you withholding yourself from what God has already provided for you because you got blockers in your life of unforgiveness. This is why he said, if you have ought against your brother, you go to your, y'all, this is a brother. This is one that's in Christ. If you have ought against them, you go to them. You don't be going all over the place talking about them to everybody else because the enemy is using you. And what the enemy does when he get through using you and everything begin to tumble, that's when the light come on. You say, I shouldn't have done what I done, but the damage is already done. But I'm going to give you a good report today. You already forgiven, but you're still going to go through the repercussions. So when we look in the word of God, y'all know in James, when it says, go with me to James, the fifth chapter, I tell you, the word is just good in itself, isn't it? Listen what the word says in verse 14. It says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if, and if he have committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The affection fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. You know what James is saying there? We don't supposed to get in front of the church and confess nothing. <laughs> what we do is, if a person is sick, you don't know which way that sickness is going to go. That sickness could take a person out of here. This is why if you got something against a person, even on your sick bed, you're supposed to go to that person. I remember when my grandmother was going through, i never forget this, and I, I went in her room and grandmama was talking to me and she looked at me and she let me know, if I'd done anything to you, she said, forgive me. And I'm like, huh, Grandma? What are you saying? Because on the top of my head, I'm like, what would you have done to me? But she said, forgive me. And, and this, she was on her sick bed. So see, this is what I'm saying. Some of us are so stubborn, are so into we're right, that even in our sickness, even in what we go through, we don't want to ask nobody that we hurt to forgive us. You don't know if you're going to wake up the next morning, but you know your conscience is clear. 
of what you've done. This is why I say confess your faults one to another. That don't mean that we go in front of God and say, oh God, I'm so sorry I hurt Teresa so bad. Lord, forgive me for... No, I go to Teresa and do what the word of God tell me to do. God done forgave me for what I've done to you, Teresa. The only way I acknowledge it to God before God is letting the enemy know you don't have no inroad in my life. I acknowledge what I've done to Teresa is wrong and that means I don't do it again. And the only way I don't do it again is with the help of the Holy Spirit. So when we confess, we're not confessing to get God to forgive us. We're confessing because it's given the enemy inroad in our life. Guess what the word says? He has forgiven us of all our sins and iniquities and transgressions. And he remembered them no more. Have anybody ever prayed? Lord God, please forgive me of any sin that I have committed today. And God, any sin that I don't know about in the future, God, forgive me now. Have anybody prayed that way? Come on, let's be honest. You're going to know what you've done. The Holy Spirit is going to let you know what you've done. This is why confession is dealing with each other. God done forgave us for that, but we acknowledge it so the enemy won't have any room in our life to condemn us and make us feel guilty and wrong. How many times you're going to come to a bro? I'm so sorry. Girl, forgive me. I'm just sorry. Every time I think about it, do something to me. That's guilt and wrong, Holly. And then you got some of them that's just like a, a, a stallion. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> and I'll do it again if you mess with me. You don't be messing with me. I ain't letting my guard down for nobody. And I'm still saved. I'm courageous as a lion. I'm bold as a lion. <laughs> and I ain't no harmless as no dove. You should know that. That person really needs some deliverance. Amen. And that person really got to want deliverance. But let me go here. The reason why... We saints, church folks, don't get free the way we need to be free in him is because we don't want to let go. Some of us are holding on to what he have already done away with because we think that's what make us. Or we think that's who I am. You need to check your salvation. Because if you hold in, uh, in, in deliverance, I, I'll say this, in some deliverances that I have done, I can tell when a person want to keep what they got because when you say in the name of Jesus, you come out. And when you see that resistance, that fight is coming in because that person want to hold on to what they have. They feel like that make them who they are. They feel like people look up to them for what they have. I'm here to tell you the enemy has got you in a fortress. He have got you in a stronghold. When you really know who you are in Christ, you don't want nothing to stop you from living that full life that you have now that you're in Christ. Y'all, I'm telling you, I, I, I tell people, I say, I want to live that abundant life. I want to live that life that he has given me. I don't want no animosity in my life. I don't want all this drama because the enemy know if all this stuff is in your life, your life can be shortened through anxiety, through worry, through all of this stuff, unforgiveness. Y'all, I feel it even in the room. Some people right now in this room, you got anger that's way back. You haven't dealt with that anger. 
You tired of people hurting you, so you got a wall up even right now to block people that really love you because you don't want to be hurt no more. It's time for that wall to come down because when Jesus died, the Bible said that that veil was what torn from top to bottom. And that's when the Holy Spirit, he was free to live on the inside of whoever wanted him to live on the inside of them. So what am I saying to you today? The struggle is over. You have been forgiven. And if you know you have been forgiven, why are you still holding grudges? Why are you still doing things that you know that you should not be doing? Yes, I understand that they are strongholds due to your way of thinking. But when you go into this word of God and you know who you really are, you will let go. You will be saying this ain't worth holding on to. Because when you allow these things to overtake you, they overtake you. Sickness will come. High blood pressure will come. The enemy knows this, so he has to use these tactics to put you back in a place that you don't need to be in. I'm telling you today, whatever you addicted to, Jesus has already taken care of that addiction. He has already made a way of escape, and that escape come through him. So when you holding on to him, and when you crying out to him, and you saying, Lord, I don't have to be this way, because I know what the word of God God has said unto me, I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit will come comfort you. He will give you what you need. He will put people in your life to help strengthen you, to build you up in the things of God until you can stand doing all to stand. Every day, y'all, I'm telling you, we're going to go through something. But we're not going through it alone. Everything you need is in the word of God. And this is what grieves the Holy Spirit. And it grieves me because of who I am in him. When I see people hold on to stuff and always trying to justify what, what, what somebody else done. Did y'all see anywhere in the word where Jesus was trying to justify Manny? He just died, didn't he, Manny? Well, I ain't dying for Manny. He done done too much dirt for me to lay down my life for him. And you know what? By the way, God. You told me he's going to keep doing what he's doing later on. So why should I die for him? Did, did you see that in the word, Manny? Did, didn't, the Bible says that nobody made him lay down his life, did they? He laid it down. Well, let me ask you a question, Michelle. Why ain't we laying down ours willingly? Ask your neighbor, what are you holding on to that you don't want to get rid of? Let's ask him again. It's all right. Ask him again. I got news for you. In your past, where you've been hurt by a male or female, some of you have, it might be people that's been molested. It might be people that's been raped. It might be people that has gone through something that's so horrible. I want to ask you a question today. Why are you still holding on to that? What is that doing for you except affecting your life and the family that you with? Don't you know that's what the enemy wants? That makes you not trust who God is putting in your life. Now, we know we put no trust in no man, but when we hold on to the past or what has happened, it stops us from living the life that God wants us to live. God is saying, come on, y'all, let's quit playing church. Let's just be real. Come on, we got all this stuff in us. It's time to empty, let go of this stuff. Y'all, this is uh, a time that I'm opening the altar again. 
Why do I keep repeating this over and over again? Because God is bringing it back in the house for some reason. Because if we are not totally free in him, we cannot do the things that God has called us to do until we truly let go. And you know what? I, I, I just feel in my spirit there's a little inkling left of how you feel about certain people. You say, yes, I forgive you. Come here. I love you. I love you too. You go home and say, I still don't trust them. All that boo-hoo. All that great girl call me. And in your mind, I hope they don't. It's truth. It's just truth. Just lying to yourself. You're supposed to be dead about right now. Because the Lord even know your thoughts. You're supposed to be laying in the middle of the floor dead. Well, that's over. There go another one. Another one bites the dust. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Can, can I ask you something? A person that truly forgives real quick. Is a person that knows what forgiveness is. I give. I use me. I use me. Y'all, if anybody been hurt, <laughs> is this funny? It's been me, me, little me. so annoying isn't it isn't it isn't that annoying if I was like that that man probably send me home to my daddy <laughs> he'd probably say hey Skeet come get this girl I'm tired of all this crying up in there I'm y'all understand something and that's why that shield of faith have to be up <laughs> it roll over you know why it roll over because I know I ain't done nothing to you I don't have nothing in my heart against you so I'm gonna love you in spite of you hating me why because he loved me first and because he loved me first I can love him and now I can love you through him so no matter what you do to me, I'm going to still love, love you. You can hate me to Jesus come. Make me no never mind. I'm going to still stand and I'm going to still do what God has called me to do until you're ready to have a change of heart, a change of mind. I'm going on with my abundant life. Call me whatever you want to call me. I never had a problem. I had somebody come in my office. Y'all, this person could barely make it in the office. I already knew the wrong that they'd done to me. Knew it a long time, and I was still in fellowship with them. One day I looked around, they standing in my office, could barely stand. And they said, I'm coming to you to ask you for forgiveness. And I looked at them like they were crazy. I said, you were forgiven even before you done what you done. And I love you in spite of. And they just started crying and weeping. They said, I had to get this off my heart. Because I've been holding it a long time, and I knew you already knew, but you still treated me the same. And that's how I know who you are now that you're in Christ. Can I ask y'all something? 
Why do we have to wait, Apostle, until we can't hardly move? To say, I love you. To say, I'm sorry for what I've done to you. Why do we have to wait until it looked like nothing can be done for us? To come to somebody. Do you know why we wait that long? Because that's when we get humble. When we're laying flat on our backs. But long as we're walking and breathing, you can breeze right by a person. Don't say, I'm sorry. Don't say nothing. Because you're all right. But when you get so low, that's when you're ready to confess. Because you feel at that time, I need to tell all this. And I advise you, you better know who you're telling while you're down low. Because you might be lower than what you are. So be careful who you go to. Make sure it's the right time. So what am I telling you today? You have already been forgiven of past, present, and future sins. And if he has forgiven you for your past, your present, and future sins, then I want to ask you something. Why are you holding stuff against each other or somebody? Come on, y'all. We're going to quit trying to fake it and make it. It's time for reconciliation for real. It's time for us to reconcile the way we're supposed to reconcile. And some people say, I ain't got there yet. How long do it take you to get there if you're in the book? I want to ask you a question. How long? People say, I love Jesus and hate your brother. How can you say you love the father and have hate in your heart for your brother or sister? I'm like this. If Miss Deborah done something to me, I'm going to Miss Deborah. I say, Miss Deborah, you may not have been aware, but what you said to me, that was just downright wrong. <laughs> what I say? What I say, Apostle? Well, this is what you say here. Oh, my goodness, Apostle. I'm so sorry. Girl, it's okay. We don't reconcile. I don't got an understanding of why she said what she said. Why this is not happening in the church? Why do we hold it? You know what we do? We say, Rahima, I'm getting over it, so I don't need to talk to you, bro. I'm working it out, so I don't need to tell you how I feel. Because you really know how I feel. You wouldn't like me. The Lord is working. Why would I go to him and tell him that? Because I want him to feel bad. I want him to guess what he done to me and why I don't like him. Just pray for me, bro. Pray that the Lord will touch my heart. Touch my heart. And when he do, I'll let you know. <laughs> Guess what the enemy is waiting on now? He's going to send somebody else at me. Because I got a door open. Now Teresa going to come and say something against me. Now I'm going to get you. You're going to really get it now. Because you were the first one. So when he approached me, bow! I done build up now. I was praying for you, Apostle. Who told you to pray for me? <laughs> People done been slapped so many times without the hand being moved physically. We done slapped people around so many times. I done been slapped around so many times, but I'm still here. I know who's slapping me. You said, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm 
I know who's slapping me, but I love him even the more. You know why? Because if that makes you more of a man or more of a woman, have at it. But you're missing out of the abundant life that Christ has for you. And the thing I advise you to do is to get in that word, take heed to what that word is saying so you can come out of the place that you're in. Y'all, it's so easy if we would just do it. People don't even get in the word. They just talk about how they feel. But what did the word say? What did the word say? What did the word tell you to do in that situation? I'm hearing in, in the spirit. Oh, what's that song? Feeling. Help me with that. Come on, y'all. What's that song? Somebody know it. Please help me. Feelings. Huh? Nothing more than feel. That's my next sermon. Nothing more than feelings. That's all it is. Because the spirit don't act like that. Amen, man. High five. <laughs> so you have been forgiven. Quit allowing guilt and condemnation to overtake you. Go into the word of God knowing who you are now that you're in Christ. And you will be able to let go of all of these feelings. And all of this stuff that you have going on that should not be going on because you should be showing the love of Christ. The more you know his love, the more you can love other people. Y'all, I'm telling you, faking it to make it don't, don't, don't do well with me. It doesn't. So let's start handling things that we need to handle. And the only way we can do it is through the word of God. You are forgiven. He's paid the price. So quit trying to make it right by giving people gifts. By doing something to appease people. You know, people love for you to give them some money every now and then. You're happy at that moment, but you then you're in your mind you're saying, that don't solve that. Y'all know when a man mess up or a woman mess up and a woman tried to cook and that man choking on that food and, and the woman thinking he happy now and he look up at you and say, hmm, that don't solve nothing. I still got a problem with you. Gifts don't solve nothing. It don't change nothing. But what does change situations is knowing the love of God. I told this person before, no matter what you do or how you do it, it's not going to fix what was done. The only way it's fixed is for me to know who I am now that I'm in Christ. And once I get that, then that's when that forgiveness takes place. And if you have not gotten that, y'all, this is like a broken record miracle temple. How many times? How many times? But he loved you so much, he keep bringing it in the house. He keep bringing it in the house. And the more you love God, and the more you know what he has done, nobody have to tell you what to do in the body of Christ. You just do it. Isn't that awesome? You do it because of his love. Look at your neighbor again and say, you have been forgiven. Say, you have been forgiven. Say, let it go. Loose it, live that abundant life in Christ. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. What we're going to do again, 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 the altar is open. Everybody heard the word. Everybody know what you're going through. Even God already know. So we're going to loose it. We're going to let it go. Now, let me leave this with you. In the Bible, it was talking about there was an escape goat. 
And what they did, they took that escape goat, they laid hands on that escape goat, and when they laid hands, it was for sins, iniquities, and transgressions. And then they loosed that goat. They let him go in the wilderness, right? Jesus was our scapegoat, y'all. He was the one that took all of our sins. And I'm here to tell you, if you're struggling with anything in your life, and I'm telling you, you know that it's a struggle, and you saying, I'm doing all I can do. I'm telling you, the struggle is over. You don't have to keep trying to do it no more. God has made a way through Jesus Christ. Leave it here. Jesus is that scapegoat. He's the one that has taken past, present, and future sins. He's the one that we need to depend on. So this altar today is open again. Whatever you're struggling with, you have already been forgiven. Just let it go and get in the word and renew your mind. Come on, Athea. There is power.